Hey there. Before we get started, we want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to the Kuhau Podcast. We hope it encourages you and draws you closer to Jesus as you listen. Let's get excited for this message and let's get ready to hear from God. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 15. And what I want to do is I want to, I want to, I really want to hone in on verse 13 through 15, but I want to bring it back to verse 8 quickly because I want to read to you what salvation is. It says, for salvation that comes from trusting Christ, which is what we preach, is already within easy reach of each of us. Did you see that? I'm reading from the Living Bible and it, and it paints this picture, which which is what we preach is already within easy reach of us. In fact, it is, it is as near as your own hearts and your mouths. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in the heart that a man becomes right with God and with his mouth, he tells others of his faith, confirming his salvation. Now, here's where I want to jump over to verse 13. He outlines for us what salvation is. But look what he says. It says, anyone. And in the Greek, I looked that up. It means anyone. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. In other words, that there is there is an ocean of people that can be saved if they would just call upon the name of Jesus. That the invitation that God makes is not for an exclusive party, but God makes this, this huge invitation to anyone. Anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, but how shall they ask him to save them unless they believe? And how can they believe in which, in him, if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Do you see that? How can they believe in him unless they hear of him? But how can they hear of him unless, unless, of course, someone tells them? The title to my message, as we have already said, is God doesn't just use pastors. Amen? God doesn't just use pastors. One of the things that Reuben said last week as he preached an amazing message, he said, he said that, that the hurting, the best qualified people to help the hurting are people who are hurting and have been healed. In other words, if you have been a recipient of God's healing, God makes you the proper dispenser of healing to others. And so God doesn't just use pastors. God wants to let you know today, even where you are, in your seat, as you are right now, that God can use you this very moment. So I pray that you came today. This might be the most empowering message that I preach all year. I'm telling you right now because, because um, um, I hope you didn't just come to get fed today. I, I hope you didn't come with the attitude like, I just came to get fed and I just came to get a filling. I hope you didn't come to get fed, but I hope that you came to get fueled for purpose. Like, I really pray that that's your heart right now, that maybe you came here, I just want to get fed and get my Holy Spirit on. No, I pray that you came to get fueled for purpose. Amen? 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you speak. Do what only you can do, Lord. You know we're out of time already. But, Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, give God a shout of praise in this place. Come on. All right. I, I want to show you this picture that we have. It, it, it's, a, it's an awesome picture. Um, this is a picture of a river. Okay. Now, do you, I love rivers. Anybody love rivers? Like, anybody want to be there right now? Just chilling in a river. Like, a river is a beautiful, it's a body of water, and uh, a river, there's something about rivers that gets people going, but a river is an active body of water, and the banks of the rivers provide fertile land for crops and for plants. In other words, simply put, a river provides and promotes life. Now, I want to show you another picture. This is a, another picture. This is called a reservoir. This is a reservoir, very similar to a river. It looks like a river. This is something that um, you might look at it and say they look almost the same, but this is, they're both bodies of water. They both occur in nature. They're very similar, but a river and a, and a reservoir provide a different experience to, na to the nature that surrounds them. You see, the difference between a river and a reservoir is that a river has constant life flow going through it. And so a river is flowing into something, but there is life flowing into the river continuously. While a reservoir, a reservoir, there is no life. It, and the very little that it has, it just contains. There is nothing flowing through the reservoir. There is no uh, life-giving substance that's flowing through the, the reservoir. And so what ends up happening in a reservoir is that the reservoir ends up sucking and suffocating the life, the little life that it already has. And so the reason, the reason that a river thrives is because it's constantly flowing and there's constant life flowing into it. Can I tell you on this Sunday afternoon that your life is not meant to look like a reservoir? It was meant to look like a river. Your life was never meant to be the kind of life that simply contains water. Your life was always meant to look like a river which has life-giving water flowing into it, but also life-giving water flowing out of it. I don't know if anybody's catching what I'm saying here. And so the reason that a river flourishes is because there's constant life that is flowing on the inside of it. Your life was never meant to, as a child of God, look like a reservoir. Our lives are supposed to reflect a river that has life flowing through it and life flowing in it and life flowing out of it. I don't know about you, but God wants to do something in this church. And what he wants to do in his church is not so that it can be contained in a place looking like a reservoir. But what God wants to do in his church is flow his living water on the inside of Christ uncensored so that it can flow out of Christ uncensored so that it can quench the thirst of a thirsty world. Does anybody believe that in this house? This is what our life looks like. A life is supposed to look like this, Anthony. It's supposed to look like um, I receive, I partake, I share. That's what it looks like. And, and many times when we, when we look at our life in Jesus is that we receive, we partake. Ooh, that's 
felt good. Came to church on Sunday, you know what I'm saying? I received. You know what I'm saying? Then I partake, you know what I mean? Well, I did. It's I receive, I partake, and I give. I receive God's living water, I partake God's living water, and I share God's living water. I receive God's bread of life, I partake of the bread of life, and I share the bread of life. I receive God's comfort, I partake of God's comfort, and I share God's comfort. I receive God's healing, I partake of God's healing, and then I share God's healing with the world. I receive God's love, I partake of God's love, and then I share God's love to a dying world. I receive God's message, I partake of the message, and then I share the message with, God, with, God's, with God's broken world. He wants to let his living water flow through you. And oftentimes what ends up happening is that we end up getting stuck. We end up becoming reservoirs. Many of you have heard the story about when um, Pastor Reuben lost my son. Many of you guys are very familiar with that story. We've shared it a few times. And if you heard the story about my son, and as I was, I was meditating on that story because, and for those of you that don't know, Pastor Reuben is a great child caretaker, just not in the mall. And... <laughs> and, and he was watching my son, and, and, and long story short, he, he lost my son. He abandoned him, he rejected him, he left him on his own for dead. At least that's my interpretation, and I'm sticking to it. And, and I remember going crazy. Now, if, you are, if you're a parent and you've ever lost a, a child, I mean, I've never lost my child, but I've left them in the hands of ones that have. And I remember, I'm telling you, I was in the Staten Island Mall, and I was, I was livid. I was livid, and I went crazy, long story short again, I went crazy yelling, Bishop, Bishop. And here's what I began to do. I began enlisting people that I would make eye contact with. And I said, I need you to help me find my son. I was looking at him, I said, hey, 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 you, I need you to help me find my son. He's wearing a green shirt, he's wearing shorts, he's wearing sneakers. This is what he looks like. I need you to find my son. And here's, here's what I thought about this this week as I was meditating uh, on this passage of scripture, I, I started thinking about the fact that there were people who helped me. There were actually people that helped me. There was people like there was people that were like, "Hey, lock down the mall, lock it down, lock it." Hey, hey, security, lock down the mall just in case he got kidnapped and they're trying to leave. But there was also people that were just watching. And I began to think as I was kind of like going back to this story and thinking about the scenario. I began to think that I wonder if the people that helped me were people that have experienced the pain of what it feels like to lose a child. While there may have been people who were just watching because they were content that it wasn't their child who was lost. See, I think sometimes in the church it could become like that, that as long as our children are not lost, we're okay. But there's a father in heaven, and, and as long as, listen, we can come to church and we're okay with coming to church as long as, hey, we've made it to church, man, my life has changed, I am saved, I was in darkness, now I'm, into the, now I'm in the light, and I have been found. And sometimes found people forget that they need to go out and find people. God doesn't just use pastors, God wants to use every single one who has been found and has heard the calling of God and the voice of God. 
God doesn't just want to use the, the people that are ordained or the people that are on stage or the people that, that uh, uh, maybe have a title behind their name. God wants to use you right there where you are. And how do you know that you are supposed to be used by God? How do you know? The question is this simple. Have you received anything from God? Because anything that you've received from God, God is expecting you to share it with others. See, how do you know that you're called and how do you know that God can use you? Well, have you received healing? Then that means that God has enlisted you to offer healing to others. Have you received? Have you received love? Then that means that God has enlisted you to show love to others. Have you received forgiveness? Well, that means that God has enlisted you so that you can show forgiveness to others. God is saying to you today, listen, I want to use you don't become a reservoir, become a river where my forgiveness can flow, where my generosity can flow, where my healing can flow, where my prosperity can flow. Why? So that my children who are lost can be found and brought back home. Come on, somebody. You know, when I think about um, Bishop's story, I think about that he... He didn't hear my voice at first. He heard the voice of a person who heard my voice. I was yelling, but he had not heard my voice. It was a, actually a kiosk operator who heard my voice. And you know what the kiosk operator did? The kiosk operator said, hey, I think someone's calling you. He said, I think someone's calling. Is, is that your dad? Calling you? Who? Who? That crazy man with a leather jacket over there looking 300 pounds plus? That's my dad. What does that mean? That means that that, that lost child didn't hear the voice of the father, but he heard the voice of someone who was in his circle who had already heard the voice of the father. Can I tell you right now that there are some people that have not heard the voice of the Father, but they are in your circle. And if you have already heard the voice of the Father, God is saying they may need to hear your voice first before they can hear my voice. And so they need your voice to say, hey, there's a loving father who cares for you. There's a loving father who wants a relationship with you. Hey, there's a father that is looking for you. And they may not hear God's voice because, they're, because their hearts have been closed, but they can hear your voice. And when they hear your voice, they heard the voice of one who has already heard the voice of the father. And all you're saying is, listen, I've been found, but there's a father that loves you. There's a father that cares for you. There's a father that values you. There's a father that has a purpose over your life. There's a father that wants you and your your biological father may have not wanted you but there's a father that desires a relationship with you this is God's message for us today God's message for Christ uncensored today is simply this I'm looking for my lost ones and you keep looking at the pastors to go out who are never called to reach the people that you are called to and have already influence over. God wants to use you. God wants to empower you. God wants to enable you. God wants to give you the power 
to lead people and love people. And guess what? It's not going to happen with 12 ordained people. It's going to happen with an army that says, listen, we're found. And what do found people do? We find people. We're healed. What do heal people do? We heal people. We're forgiven. What do forgiven people do? We forgive people. God wants to use you in your coffee shop, in your family, in your workplace, in your social circle, in your social media. God is saying, I want to use you. Listen, if you want to be used by God, give God a shout of praise in this place. Begin to receive his affirmation today. And this was, the, this was the desire of the Apostle Paul. When we read our text today, this is the desire of the Apostle Paul. He, the, the Apostle Paul, I love him, man. He's amazing. And the Apostle Paul, he writes this, and I love the way he places it together. He says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord. He says, anyone. Anyone. Your mama, your daddy. That person that hurt you, anyone, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But, but watch this. That's verse 13. In verse 1, look at the, 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 look at the heart and the longing of the Apostle Paul. He says, dear brothers, the longing of my heart and my prayer is that the Jewish people might be saved. He says, that's my heart. And, 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 and let's be honest, each and every one of us have a longing here. As a matter of fact, you know that there are people in your circle that the moment I said it, you knew, like, I know, man, if, if, if Shaquita would just meet Jesus. I, I know, I know if Veronica would just meet Jesus. I know if Teresa would just meet Jesus. I know if Felipe would just meet, like, you, you know, like, man, if, if my mother just, man, if she would just give her, her life to Jesus. There are people that you're longing that they would just meet Jesus. And that was the Apostle Paul's burden. He had a burden to see his people come to Jesus. And then he says, but how can they? How can they unless, unless they call on him? But you know what? They're never going to call on him unless, unless they believe. But he says, it, but they'll never believe unless they hear. Faith comes by hearing, produces faith, that's belief. Unless they hear. But how would they ever hear unless someone tells them? His appeal is, is this. Uh, let, me, let me put it in, 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 in practical terms. Woo! Y'all see this? I found the living water. Come on, somebody. I found the living water. And you know, I had it, I had it here. It was hidden in plain sight. I've partaken of the living water. Hmm. That was a closed one this time. That wasn't open. Come on, somebody. I've partaken of the living water. I have found the living water. And what, what Paul is saying, listen, he's saying this. He's saying, listen, how is it that those who have 
He's saying it this way. He's saying, if you're thirsty, there's something that can quench your thirst. He says, but how could you ever have your thirst quenched unless you drink? But how could you ever drink unless you know that there's something that can satisfy the thirst of your soul? But how would you know that unless somebody tells you that has already found it? Are you hearing this? And this is what's happening. He's saying, how is it that there are people who have found the secret stash of living water? They have tasted of the living water. They have partaken of the living water. And there's a world that is thirsty out there. And we never go out and let them know. He's saying, he's saying, why would you ever keep it to yourself? He says, how is it that you have, you have found the secret stash of life and purpose and, and overflowing abundance? And how is it that there's a dying world out there but we keep it to ourselves? You know what the Apostle Paul is saying? The Apostle Paul is saying something simple and this is not something that, it's not guilt tripping at all. But it's for us to have a perspective on this. What he's saying is this. How is it that you have the living water when there's a sick, thirsty world out there and you're keeping it to yourself? What does that look like? Well, I'm coming on Sunday. Ooh, I'm coming on Sunday. Yes. Get my living water. Oh, so good. Ah, oh. I go meet out people, go meet people outside. How you doing? How's everything? And you know they're thirsty. They don't know they're thirsty, but they're trying to quench their thirst in relationships and quench their thirst in addictions and quench their thirst in, 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 in so many different things. And you're looking at them and you know where the living water that quenches the thirst is at. And he's saying, why would you keep it to yourself? He's saying, why would you just keep it to yourself when you have the living water that gives life to humanity, when you have the living water, when you found the secret stash? And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of church just looking like that, where we come to a house and it's feed me, feed me, heal me, take care of me. When God is saying, no, we need to start praying prayers like, Lord, send me, Lord, release me, Lord, use me, Lord, empower me to make a difference. I'm tired. I believe that today that we're going to rise up like an army and stop saying, Lord, I need you to fix me, heal me, but Lord, use me. Lord, use me to bring healing to the sick. Lord, use me to bring love to hatred. Lord, use me. I know this message is for those that are ready. And maybe some of us are still, I know this message. I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, this message is for like five people in the church. And they said, you need to plant the seed. And I'll do the rest. You need to plant the seed because even though not everyone is ready, everyone starts in a different place. And there's some people who are ready to take the next step. And there's just some people who are need to, the seed to be planted. That God wants to let you know today that he wants to use you. He wants to use your life to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And what Paul is saying is like, he's saying, listen, you have... Is a world with questions and you have the answer. 
He's saying there's a world that is thirsty and you have the water. There's a world that is broken and you have the healing. There's a world that, has, that, that is hungry and you have the nutrition. There's a world that needs my love and you have it and you possess it. Why would you keep it to yourself? You know, I was, I was struggling with either titling this message, God doesn't just use pastors or, or, or they didn't get the message. That's what's going to be the title. I, I was going to call this, they didn't get the message. Because, because here's the truth. Uh, there are people here that God has brought to a relationship with them that wasn't Pastor Roe who ministered to them. Did you know that? I'll give you an example. God wanted to reach Jenny. How many praise God for Jenny that today she's serving and she's in her calling and she's walking? Did you know that? You know that I never ministered to Jenny. Never didn't even know Jenny. You know who I knew? I knew Maylene. You know who I offered the living water to? Maylene. Oh, y'all don't, don't know Maylene. You like Maylene now. Y'all don't know Maylene. I offered the living water, but God wanted to get the living water to Jenny. But if I would have been a reservoir, the message would have never gotten to Jenny. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. Because your family right now needs a living water. Your job right now needs a living water. You need to, be, you need to speak life into those situations. And, he, and here's, what, here's what it looks like. That, that God has done for me, God has transformed my life, God has changed me, and I just stood as a reservoir and held everything and I never shared it with Maylene. What happens? That Maylene never tastes of the living water and Jenny never tastes of the living water. But all the while, God wanted to, watch this, God wanted to reach Jenny so that Jenny can reach my children. This man bunny. But if I would have been a reservoir, she would have never got the message. Now watch this. I shared the living water with, with May. May has, she knows where the secret stash is at. I said, hey, 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 come, come, come. I know where the living water is at. And guess what May did? May tasted, Maylene tasted what the living water was like. And when she tasted what the living water was like, she didn't just say, I'm going to hoard it to myself. And I'm just going to keep it to myself. And I'm not going to let. She says, how can I be your best friend and not let you know that there is a water that quenches every thirst of a human soul? How can I be your best friend and not share you, share with you what has transformed my life? How can I be your best friend and not tell you that there is a God that loves you and that died for you and wants to fulfill his purpose in you? could she have ever received the living water if she's, no one ever told her about it? They never got the message. They never got the message because some people decided to be reservoirs and not rivers. It's like, it's like you ever seen that movie? I saw a movie the other day that, not the other day, a while ago, 
but there was a movie where a father was just reconnected with their child. And the son is like, you never even wrote me. You never even wrote me from jail. He says, I wrote you every day. But there's someone else who got the message that never shared it with her son. And so she, the son finally found the stack of letters that were mailed to the address, but they never got the correspondence because someone hoarded the information. They never got the message. And I wonder how many people that God has assigned to you that he's telling you that I've given you a message that only you can share with them. I want to give you three ways, just simple, as we finish up here, I want to give you just three practical ways how you can allow God to use you. And there's three beautiful examples in the Bible, three beautiful examples. One of them does come from a pastor because God does use pastors. But the other two are not even, nowhere near pastors, nowhere near leaders, nowhere near ministers. These are people that just got saved. These are what we would consider in church traditions babies in the Lord. Okay? And God uses them in a powerful way to make a difference and communicate the message of God's love to us. And, and you'll hear from the Apostle Paul today. You're going to hear from a blind man today, and you're going to hear from a Samaritan woman today. And the first one is this. The Bible says that Paul, watch this, watch this. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law. Though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside of the law. Not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ. That I might have, that I might win those outside the law. Watch this. To the weak, I became weak. That I might win the weak. I have become all things, watch this, to all people. That by all means, I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessing. <laughs> when Jesus met Peter, he said, I'm going to make you fishermen of men. He, and, and if you know anything about fishing, many times you can go fishing and not catch any fish. And it's not because the fish are not hungry and that's not because the ocean does not have fish. But it's because you're using the wrong bait. And what did the Apostle Paul do? He used the right bait. But when you look at what the Apostle Paul uses and shares as the right bait, is his life experiences. Which is this, I want to read it to you. God created you and formed you and allowed you to go through what you went through in order to shape you to become the right bait for those that he's called you to reach. Woo! I'm going to say that again. God formed you and shaped you and wired you and created you and allowed you to go to different experience so that he can mold you to be the right bait for those that he's called you to reach. 
There are some people that Pastor Roe will never be able to reach. There are some people that Lisa will never be able to reach because my life is different, my, my, in, my circle is different, but God has strategically placed you in the family that he's placed you, in the surrounding that he's placed you, in the workplace that he's placed you. As a matter of fact, the coffee shop that you go to, God placed you there, not so that you can have some satisfying coffee, but so that you can offer the water of life to a thirsty barista. Come on, somebody. Seven people, seven people. It's a hard crowd today. Use the right bait. You know, some of you are like, why can I, can, why no one wants to come to church when I invite them? And it could be that maybe because you're sending them to hell first. Maybe you're leading with condemnation. Maybe you're leading with behavior modification. Maybe you're leading with don't do this or how are you going to smoke and how are you going to curse and why are you doing this and how come you're involved in this and how come. How about you just tell them there's a father that loves them and wants a relationship with them? How about that? Use the right bait. Second thing that we can learn from a blind man, share your testimony. What did the blind man do? He shared his testimony. Listen, can I, can I be honest with you? <laughs> Without, again, this is not guilt tripping in any way. What God has done in your life may be the most significant thing that you've ever experienced in your life. But what God has done in your life may be the most underpromoted thing of your life. I mean, I wish I hear some of your testimonies. Ooh, I wish I had a testimony like that. Like, you ever heard my brother's testimony? Raul? Yo, when you talk about testimonies, testimony hour, my brother Raul, yo, I love his testimony. Because that boy was a gang member, Latin king, drug dealer. Like, that's a testimony. I'm like, yeah. I just say, yeah, Lord save me from being his little brother. Come on, somebody. My, like, you ever heard Lisa's testimony? Lisa's testimony is amazing. She was clubbing every night. Y'all see her worship right now? Y'all don't know what the Lord set her free from. And I'm like, baby, I want your testimony. Every time she shares a testimony, I'm like at the edge of my seat. Just hearing it. She shared it like dozens of times. And, I'm, and I hear her tell it to people and I'm just like, yeah. And she's like, baby, what's the worst thing you've ever done? Play ding dong ditch? And I was like, I was darn good at it too. And I was darn good at it too. But your testimony may be the most underpromoted thing of your life. I mean, just take inventory of your social media. We can look at social media right now. Matter of fact, we're going to pull up some of your social medias right now. Look, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm just. We, we can know in your social media that what you love. We know that you love your family. We know, we know that, that what your hobbies are. We know what political affiliation we know that if you're, you're Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter, All Lives, you, we know. Oh, you're telling the world of that. You're letting everybody know. We know your political affiliation. We know how you feel about the vaccines and how you don't. Don't make me. I'll fight you. 
Well, we know. But, but do we know what God has done in your life? Do we know about the victories that God has given you in your life? Do we know that all that God has provided in your life? Do we know how many demons that God has set free from your life? Do we know that you were in darkness and now in your, you're in the light? Oh, people know you go to church. People know you're religious. People know if you're Demo Democratic or Republican. People know. But do they know that you were blind and now you see? That's why I love this man. This man is like, listen, listen, listen to me. I, I, I don't know about this man named Jesus. I don't know. They're like, who, who, who healed you? Who healed you? Is he the God? Is he the Christ? Is he the Savior? Is he the Messiah? I don't know. But I do know that I once was blind, and now I see. And maybe that's where you're at, where you're, you're saying, I don't know how to argue. I don't know how to promote my faith. I don't know. But guess what? Nobody can take away what God has done in your life. No one can take away your testimony. And all you need to say, listen, I don't know if dinosaurs go to heaven. I don't know if dogs go to heaven. I don't know if this is a flat earth or a globe. But I know this, that I once was blind. But now I see. I once was lost. But now I'm found. I once was in the grimy dirt, but God has washed me clean. Is there anybody here that has been redeemed by the blood of Jesus? Anybody here that has a testimony? Anybody here that can say I was in darkness, but now I'm in the light? I don't know. I don't know all the answers. But I do know that God's done something in me. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. As the worship team comes up. Ooh, 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 this is good, this is good. This is good. Holy Spirit showed me this. Never preached this before. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. Watch this, watch this. Powerful. Before we even move on to point three. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, watch this, I never saw this before. And this is what the Holy Spirit showed me, it says, they had power over him. They, the found ones, the believers, those that profess faith in Jesus, they have power over him. Who's him? The devil. He's talking about Satan at that moment. He says, they have power over Satan. He goes, how? By the blood of the lamb. That's what, somebody say, that's what Jesus did. But look what it says. And by telling what he has done for them. That's their testimony. You know what the Holy Spirit showed me as I was preparing for this message? Watch this. He showed me. I said, man, that's powerful because it says that we defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb. The Bible says that Jesus made a public spectacle of the enemy when he died on the cross. That he disarmed the enemy from all weaponry. He disarmed the enemy. That means the enemy doesn't have power, but what he does have is lies that he influences people with. Watch this. But this is where your testimony comes your testimony comes into play because God did what, what he could, only he could do. But this is your part to play in the expansion of the kingdom of God. Because the reason that we defeat the enemy through the blood of the lamb, which is what God does, but we also defeat the enemy through our testimony, is because the only power that the enemy has is the influence of people. So every time you share your testimony 
and you bring one of the lost ones into the kingdom, he loses influence. Every time you tell him and share your testimony, he had a thousand, now he has 99.9. Now he has 998. Now he has, he, his influence begins to decrease. And so you begin to have the victory. You begin to conquer. Why? Because you are sharing your testimony and what God has done in your life. It doesn't need to be a spectacular testimony. You could just say, listen, I was broke this week and God provided for my family. You'll be surprised how many people are willing to speak up about God when you are willing to speak about God. Not to get in a debate with them. You know what? There's more hurting people than they are atheists. Just letting you know. And you're trying to win an argument and debate God's existence when there's people that are broken and just need healing. And when they experience their healing, they're going to say, I don't know. I don't know if it's Jesus. I don't know if there's a God out there. But I know this, that when they began to speak to me about Jesus, I was blind. And now I see. I don't know, but I was hurting. And now I'm healed. I don't know, but I was hungry. And now I'm filled and satisfied. Woo! Last point, last point. Let me give it to you right here. The Samaritan woman, what did she do? What can you do? She gave an invitation regardless of rejection. She gave an invitation regardless of rejection. And this woman, this Samaritan woman, if you're familiar with the passage of Scripture, the Bible says this, all at once, the woman left her water pot and ran off to her village and told everyone, come and meet a man at the well who told me everything I've ever done. He could be the one Was, this was no priest that was saying this. This woman was no saint. She surely wasn't a pastor, but God used her. She was the talk of the town, in fact. She, she had five marriages. She had a reputation for all that she had done. She was living with someone that was not her husband. And she goes to a well in the blistering heat, in the blistering sun, so that she won't be ridiculed by the women that get up in the morning, and that's the time that they would gather the water from the well. And she goes in at noon, but at noon she encountered a man. And this man was named Jesus. And what this man does is that he offers her this living water. He says, let me give you this living water. And at the end of their encounter, she, her soul is so satisfied that she leaves her physical water pots by the well because she has no need of them. She went to get water, but she became the water pot in which the living water now dwells in. Now watch this. This is a woman who had a poor reputation. Listen to me. We got great cameras now. Y'all can follow me. Come on, somebody. We good. We good. We good. I've been waiting for do this all year. Listen to me. Watch this. This woman had a bad reputation because of her past. She had already disqualified herself from being used by God. And I just want to pause here for a moment. I don't care what your past looks like. Do not disqualify yourself from being used by God. Because God has shaped you and molded you so that he can use you to reach people that only you can connect with. Now watch this. She, her reputation was so bad that she went at noon to get the water so that she won't be ridiculed because of her reputation. 
But all of a sudden, when she is satisfied by the water, the living water that Jesus offered her, she was willing to go and make an invitation to a whole village who knew her past and said to them, come and meet a man. Oh yeah, we're going to meet your man. This is your sixth man. We're going to meet your man. You already had five husbands and you're not even with them anymore. And now you're living with someone. Now you're going to tell me to come meet a man. We've already met all, met all the men in your life. And all the men in your life are negative. And all the men in your life are bad. And all the men in your life have left you. But no, no, no. Come meet a man who, uh, who has told me everything. Who knows me and loves me. He knows my past and knows what I've done and guess what listen to me listen to me she would have been rejected 101 times because of her past and sometimes we are so scared of being rejected and we never tell anyone come meet a man why? Oh, because, you know, I, I'm not good. I'm not, you know, I'm not sold out for Jesus. People don't, they're going to look at my life and not feel like, you know, I'm a good representative. And God is saying, use your mouth. Make the invitation regardless of rejection. Make the invitation regardless of rejection. I remember my son years ago, years ago, watch this. Years ago, my son, when he started playing basketball, I saw him playing basketball, and every time he went up, he went up with fear that he was going to be blocked. And you remember what I told you, Bishop? I said, you go up whether you're blocked or not. You go up as if you're not going to be blocked. Because the moment you go up thinking that you're going to be blocked, then you're going to go up whether you're blocked or not and miss the shot. Guess what? You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And there's so many people here that because you are fearful of rejection, you're not sharing the love of God. And God is saying, no, I want to use you. I want to use you to reach the lost ones. I want to use you to reach my family. I want to use you to reach those that are in your circle. That's who I want to You, I want to use you. Not Pastor Rowe, not Lisa, not, not Dyrin. Not Anthony, I want to use you. I want to use you, Angie. I want to use you, Sheila. I want to use you, Javi. I want to use you, Esme. I want to use you, Emily. I want to use you. God doesn't just use pastors. And, and here's, we're, we're done. We can take this. We're about to jump into worship. I'm going to ask you to stand up on your feet as we close out. Thank you so much for your patience. triple overtime. This happens once in a while. There's no, there's no thing. I want you to ask yourself three questions. Simple. Can we put those questions up on the screen? Oh, we can't see those. I, I want you to ask yourself, Can I invite one person to church once a week? Can I invite one person to church once a week?
168 hours a week. And God wants to ask you, hey, can I invite, can you invite, ask yourself that question. Can I invite one person? Don't worry about rejection. One person a week. Sheila, isn't that your testimony? You invited someone? They're here today, right? They got baptized, didn't they? Where'd you meet? Where'd you meet her? Oh, you met her at Lowe's. Oh, you mean somebody you just like passed by, you just met her at Lowe's? That's Giselle, right? Isn't that amazing? That God could use you to share his love at Lowe's. And that person can be in church, gave their life to Jesus, was baptized, already began growth track, and already in matrix. of one invite how many how, how many shots we blocked on our own before they've even gone up can you invite one person one time a week how about this the second thing can you share can I share my story at least once a month just tell them what God has done in your life I know what God has set me free from and what God has set me free from maybe is not what God has set you free from. But there are people that are bound with the very thing that God has set you free from. And this is where your opportunity is to be able to say, hey, let me tell you what God did in my life. Don't try to close it. So many people want to close it the same day. Like, okay, but before I leave, can you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Shut up. You don't save people. I don't save people. Our, our job is not to save people. We just share the message of God's love. Let God do the rest. We just got to tell them. The Bible says when you tell them, they believe. That's not for you to decide or not. Let the Holy Spirit do that in their heart. And when they believe, they confess. Man, I don't know. God has done something in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, okay, I love you, Jesus. How about here? Here's the last thing. Can I share an online post from my church on social media? Some of us, I know we're ready. We're ready to jump in the pool. We're like, cannonball. I know. And some of us are like, like me. <laughs> That's me. And maybe that's your step. Because some of us could take a leap of faith, but some of us just need to take a step of faith. And God is saying for you today, can you share an online post from my church on social media? Maybe your next step is to just let people know that you started coming to church and you're up for a new journey in your life. Don't get all spooky. Don't get, please. Matter of fact, if you're going to get spooky, maybe. If you're going to condemn people, maybe. going to start telling guilt tripping people that they don't go to church because you started going to church now three days I love when people go to the gym for like the first week they be like you know you gotta go get it you gotta get it every morning you know what I'm saying like you've been in the gym three days you see that you seen it right like yeah hustle grind I'm like shut up three weeks later oh no no all right I'm just saying like just chill 
Don't judge people because you took steps. Right? I don't know about you, but I don't think this is a hard ask from God. Once a week, you invite one person. It might be the same person. I invited Maylene to church for an entire year before she came to church. And she gave her life to the, to the Lord. And now her children got baptized and are serving. I met John when he was high. High. Prendio. Lit. And not in the spiritual way. Invite them, even if it's every day. Hey, don't be spooky about it. Don't be like, hey, come with me to church. Oh, you're not gonna go to church, but you put everything first. No, do. Don't do that. Just be like, hey, come to church. Hey, hey, let's do Starbucks at two o'clock and then make them. It works. It works. Amen. It's not a hard ask from God. Share your story. Hey, man, you know I was, I was broke. God provided for my finances. I was, I was doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the guy that I was, I was rolling with that I just finished tapping out, by the way, oh, glory to God. I said, hey, man, you know, I was, it's interesting because I was talking to God the other day. I did, I did just like this. I was like talking to God the other day and I was like, yo, God, thank you because, you know, I have good health. And you know what he said? He went just like this. He goes, you believe in God? I said, yeah. He goes, can I talk to you about my daughter? surprised how many people are waiting to hear God's love from your lips. And maybe it's just starting with sharing, sharing, sharing. Just sharing a post. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Sharing, sharing. One post a week, just sharing. It's not a hard ask from God. Amen? Amen? How many believe we're going to see revival in this house? Watch this. Can we put that picture up? Can we put the picture of the, the, the warehouse? I walked by that in my prayer walk. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, Pucándome. you know, he was like teasing me. He's like, would you believe me? I know like seven people get it, Anthony. He says, would you believe me if I told you it was yours? Let me tell you, that's not going to take a church that has 12 pastors. That's not going to take a church that has 12 leaders. That's going to take a church that is filled with an army that says, hey, in this church, God doesn't just use pastors. God equips every single member. God equips every person that walks through those doors and is willing to say, God, use me. Whether it's in the left or it's in the right, whether it's in the front or it's on stage, whether it's in the welcome area, whether it's in the outreach, God, use I believe that God is going to place, God's going to place a burden for this city in some of your hearts this week. I believe God is going to place a burden, a burden 
for you to see the lost come to Jesus. He's going to place a burden in your heart for you to see those who are in darkness. You're not going to be able to see your family the same. You're not going to be able to see your circle. Matter of fact, you're going to have more compassion and over people this week because you're going to be able to see them through the lenses of a father who has lost his children. And you're not going to see what they did to you, but you're going to see what God has done for them. And you're going to be able to speak to them God's love because God has placed a burden, the burden that of, a, of a father that has lost his children. Javi, if you lost little Javi, if you lost Esme, I told my son, if I ever lost you, I would devote my entire life looking for you. I would quit my job. I would quit all my habits. And I would spend every second looking for you until I found you. And that's the desire of the Father's heart today. And he wants to enlist you. I know we went over time. I know this is, a, this is not one of those, you know, oh, that was a great message kind of message. You know what I mean? It's one of those messages that challenge you make you look beyond yourself and pull from God to use you in your environment. Can you bow your heads, close your eyes? Father, we just thank you, Lord God. I, I believe that you've shared your word with everyone that's tuning in online and with the corporate body here present, Lord God. I believe that I've shared your word, Lord God. And I believe that this is where you do your part in the hearts of man. That my message, my words, cannot change a single person but my words my words through the needle of your love and your spirit can penetrate the heart of anyone and so I pray Lord God that you do what only you can do right now in the hearts of your children today of your found ones that we may not be content simply because we are found but that we may be burdened with to go out and find Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Listen, if you want to place your faith in Jesus today, I want to introduce you to the one that has found me. His name is Jesus. And if that's you, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. We'll all say it together. Say, dear Jesus, I receive your love. Therefore, I give you my life. I believe you are the son of God and that you died for me and rose again on the third day. I believe I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give God a shout of praise in this room. Once again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Subscribe now and stay connected to all of our latest messages. And if this message really blessed you, pass along the blessing by sharing it with a friend. We pray that you will be given the opportunity to apply this message, and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. God bless.